Welcome to Digital First Leadership, the podcast that focuses on helping leaders and teams understand how to master the language of social media in today's digital first world. Hi, welcome to the show. I'm Richard Bliss, the host, and you're listening to Digital First Leadership. Today, my guest is Brian Backstrand, Senior Vice President of Global Field Marketing for Veeam Software. Brian, thanks for joining me. Richard, thank you very much for having me. Now, Brian, just so everybody knows, you and I have known each other for years and have worked closely together over that time period. And I want to say I appreciate you coming on the show because as we come out of this pandemic, you and I have been talking a lot about a variety of different things. But one of them that I want to touch on before we get into some of the uh, things that we talked about before, but this idea of leadership that you have exhibited and demonstrated as you're dealing with so many changes in the world, because Veeam is a global company, right? Correct. And and I know that you've been working closely with your international teams, and you've shared some stories with me about how you've reached out to them. And I'd like, because we talk about digital first leadership, what's that been like? And kind of what was the, the background behind you reaching out to your employees to, to kind of touch base with them? Can you share some stories about that? Yeah, sure. So I think, uh, you know, over my career, I've, uh, you and I have shared that Tom Mendoza, uh, right. famous quote, right? People don't care what you know until they know that you care. And so I think with the crisis that's happening in Eastern Europe, and I do have people who work for me uh, in, in those countries and surrounding countries, I just felt it was really important to reach out. There wasn't necessarily anything I could do for them directly, but just check in let them know they're not alone, let them know that I'm thinking about them and if there is anything I can do. Uh, and I can just tell you the feedback has just been incredible how much it's meant to them. So I didn't think it was a big deal, but to them, it kind of meant the world that I took the time to, to reach out and just uh, check in on them. And that's important because, I mean, you really haven't had the chance to do a lot of traveling to connect connect with them or spend time. I know, but pre-COVID you were, you were uh, in those areas a lot in the world, but you haven't really seen them in person for a couple of years. Isn't, isn't that true? Yeah, that's true. And I think, you know, the year before the pandemic, uh, I ended up spending six or seven months running Europe and I was there two or three weeks a month. So I was lucky enough to build relationships with many of the people there right across. And again, Eastern Europe, Southern, uh, central, I've been to many, many countries over there and spent quite a bit of time with them. So I did have that relationship. Uh, and then when the pandemic hit, you know, everything was over virtual, but I had already built that relationship with them. So it was pretty easy for me to reach out to the handful of people that I knew really well, uh, when the crisis broke out. And I think that's a great lesson for all leaders who are thinking about right now is there, um, as, as the world is, adapting to this new reality of what we're dealing with. You know, first it was the pandemic. Now it's the, the, the crisis in Eastern Europe. And so I, I appreciate that. I, you shared those stories with me earlier, and I just felt it was a, a very powerful message that you were able to deliver. So thank you for that. You're welcome. One of the things I know that you do focus on, and you and I talk about this a lot, is this concept of the, of the relationship between sales and marketing, because your focus is field marketing. And so there's, there's, corporate marketing and there's field marketing, help mm -hmm. the audience understand kind of how you see those two differences and how you work with closely with the sales team. Yeah. So I think at the, at the uh, general level, 
global marketing uh, pulls together global campaigns that are consistent in brand and messaging and this global digital that happens a kind of an awareness broad-based uh, uh, approach. Whereas in the field, it's very much tailored to the local go-to-market. And so we have uh, built an organization that very much focuses on a, you know, being a partner to sales, understanding the local business and finding gaps in whether that's new white space accounts or the pipeline or moving pipeline to close. And we create very specific programs to do exactly that. So the difference really is from a global standpoint, they're looking at the 80-20 rule and trying to pull together programs and digital and campaigns that cover. And what we do at the regional uh, level is pull what we need from global, but then tailor it to that specific market in Singapore or Sydney or Germany. Um, so a tie to that is you need a very strong relationship with sales. And I, in marketing, it's been for a long time, it's been marketing and sales need alignment. And I look at it as marketing and sales need mutual goals. So we have put a strong focus on sales and marketing is one team. And together, we need to achieve the marketing goals, the leads, the funnels, building the pipeline, but also helping sales build the overall pipeline. And we measure our people, even from an MBO standpoint, on how much business or revenue was actually generated in the quarter. So we truly have joint goals between sales and marketing, which allows us to work in this one team. I've been in marketing a long time. That's not necessarily common, is it? That this this mutual goal between sales and marketing? No, 100%. And it's taken a lot of work uh, on the team's part in order to uh, get to that point. And one, I think one of the key pieces that allowed us to get that, because every marketing team wants to work with sales and vice versa, but don't always speak the same language, don't always have the same approach. We agreed with each segment sales leader or each country leader on the top three priorities for their sales organization. And we've, al we've applied all of our marketing dollars for the most part to those three priorities. But most importantly, we had the sales leaders put in place sales metrics for those three priorities to make sure the sales teams remain focused on it and they're measured on it. And then we dovetailed our marketing KPIs and our marketing metrics to those three top priorities. So that's about 85% of what we do. And there's some 15% we do otherwise. But every month we review those three priorities. How is sales doing? Are they hitting their targets? How is marketing doing? That keeps complete alignment and eliminates the, hey, we want to spend money here or there. No, we need to stay focused on these three priorities. I think that uh, what you just alluded to, that that con I'm going to use the term conflict that arises because sometimes at the corporate level, they're like, here, here's their program implemented everywhere. And I think your experience over the years is like, no, you, that there are nuances to each local market that you need to give that, that ownership of execution to those teams. Is that accurate? A hundred percent. And I, and you know, I, we've stressed in our team that we absolutely need to remain on brand, remain on messaging, use those global campaigns, use their content. However, how we package that and how we act local nuances like local success stories, local data, local wins, uh, local verticals that we know we need to penetrate, uh, we package all of that up at the street level 
and really that allows us to be incredibly targeted and aligned to those goals I told you before around how do we build more pipeline, et cetera. Um, so it absolutely needs to be a partnership between global and the field. You mentioned uh, identifying gaps and filling those gaps. Can you help me understand kind of how do you find those gaps and what those gaps look like? Sure. So uh, begin it, for instance, next, next week, I have a series of meetings with the team uh, by segment, and it's called the gap analysis uh, check-ins that we do each month. So we're lucky enough to have a great operations team here at Veeam. So we have all the data we need from the funnel standpoint, the pipeline standpoint, broken down by tier one, tier two, tier three. And so the team spend a lot of time in Tableau with the data and they understand what our metrics are on a monthly basis. And if we're falling short on those, they dig into the why. Why are we missing the pipeline? Why haven't we generated enough leads, et cetera? And they uh, report on those once a month with the actions they plan on taking in order to fill that gap. They're gonna generate more marketing leads because we're down 20% this month, then we need to make up for it and here's how we're gonna do it. And the same with pipeline. And it's very targeted to regions. Maybe it's you know, California and Washington state are falling behind, we've got a plan there. Or in uh, you know, Japan, we need to fill pipeline and it's very different what we'll do, but we're reviewing those gaps every month and applying actions to them to fill them. And from a sales standpoint, filling pipeline is what sales is always looking for marketing to do, right? Qualified leads that are coming in, that are in that pipeline so that they can pick up the phone or reach out and identify that. And it's it's not very often. So what are some of the KPIs? Because it's not very often that marketing can literally say, look, this is what we did. And there is a direct correlation between our activity and the pipeline that's coming in. I have always said, and it's not very but whenever a salesperson fails to meet quota, it's somebody else's problem. Whenever they exceed quota, it's all about them. And right, not to, not to, but it's kind of the way it works, right? It's like the blame game can so easily be passed around. So how is it that you um, help identify and, and track how marketing is contributing to that pipeline and how revenue is being tied to that? Yeah. So uh, right at the beginning of the planning process, we work with the sales leaders to say, how much pipeline do you need each quarter? in order to hit your revenue targets, your sales targets, and what percentage of that needs to come from marketing, directly from marketing. We agree on that, we build out all the metrics. But how? part of the reason we can do these gap analysis because we've built a really good relationship with inside sales who follows up on all these leads. And we have very open conversations around what leads are working and what aren't. And most recently, sales came back and said, hey, these particular leads you're generating, conversion rate's awful. So in marketing, boom, we stopped using those in content syndication, that piece of content. On the other hand, we have metrics to show when we pass a lead to inside sales, how many days it takes them to touch them. And we work with inside sales to say, hey, you guys are averaging you know, 15 to 20 days before you touch one of these leads. What's going on? Are you short people? How can we fix this to get it down to one to two days? And again, because we have that relationship, it's not contentious. We're like open that. to reducing, you know, content that isn't working. They're open to open to adjusting how they follow up on leads, as an example. And what do you call call a, a what would be a touch point? What would be some ways that you would measure that that touch point? Is it a phone call, an email, uh, is it social media? How how is that? Yeah, yeah. So we have all of the regular metrics that anyone has: respondents and leads, and our definition of marketing qualified leads, etc. But from a touch point, it's 
uh, actions they've taken in Salesforce. So when we pass them a lead within one or two days, they need to follow up. So we know that through Salesforce and they go in and say, yep, called, called the uh, contact. They told me to call back in a week. Bump, bump. That's the first touch. So we have, we have the ability to track all of those different touch points and really take action on them when appropriate. This is great. And I really appreciate you sharing that. In the last few minutes that we have, as you look at move, as we move into a more hybrid work environment, because we've been 100% virtual, I know that most of the Veeam team around the world has been. As we move into this hybrid, what, do you, what are the challenges that you think leaders are going to be faced with as they start having a hybrid work environment? What do you think are some of the challenges? Uh, I mean, there's challenges from, uh, let's take marketing, right? Okay. So we've been virtual for two years. Now, We've got used to how those metrics come in, meaning in a simple case, we could put together a webinar for two weeks from now and attract 100 end users, run the webinar, and then boom, follow up on those leads. But now if we're going to a live event, we have to book a hotel you know, in the future. We need to create invitations. That's a six to eight week period. So suddenly you're drawn out in terms of how long it takes to get leads. That's just one example. Um, I think from a sales standpoint, they're very eager to get out and meet with customers, very eager, eager to get out and meet with partners. We just ran an event last week and uh, because of COVID, right, it's kind of, we're kind of into face-to-face, but now COVID is coming back a little bit and people are a little unsure. So you may not be getting the same amount of attendance that you used to in terms of a live event and you have to adjust for that. So what we're, we're taking an approach of, we absolutely want to start doing face-to-face, but we're going to kind of ease into it so that we don't overcommit and then have to take a step back. You know, what's funny is that, you know, two years ago, everybody had it down, right? It, the, the whole live events is what we do. And then suddenly everything stopped and we had to make this really hard adjustment. And now I think we've all adjusted pretty well. And we're like, uh, salespeople are anxious to get back. I'm not sure customers are anxious to have salespeople come back. You know, in That's some ways, exactly right. right? The customers are like, no, no, we're good. Hey, I'll take a Zoom call, right? Yeah. Um, we've all become much more comfortable with this idea of a virtual world that we live in. Although that face-to-face, you know, I was just uh, on, on site with a uh, presentation with a sales kickoff in Minneapolis last week. Huge difference, right? The energy in the room, the interaction. But that was two or three days out of pocket, so to speak, that the efficiency, so we've got this balance between efficiency and effectiveness, right? Because it's super efficient to do it all virtual, but there is some impacts and effectiveness to a live event. And I imagine you're dealing with that as a field marketing executive. Yeah, 100%. And it'll be interesting to see end users who may not want to deal with marketing or sales folks have been doing business for two years. And as we know, in many organizations and companies like Beam, it has not had a negative impact. We've been growing incredibly fast. So to your point earlier, if it's been working, even I'm an end user, do I really want to drive to a drive through traffic to uh, a seminar and spend time and have to talk to folks? And that's a lot of time out of the office. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how quickly that comes back. Ryan, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been a great conversation. And uh, if somebody wanted to reach out or connect with you, how would they find you? Sure, they can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, And I just want to say thank you very much, Richard. Really appreciate it and uh, enjoyed the conversation. 
It's been great. I appreciate it. And, and Brian's last name, for those who are listening, is Backstrand. It's spelled B-A-K-S-T-R-A-N. And you can find Brian Backstrand uh, on Veeam at, uh, on LinkedIn. Brian, thanks again for, for joining me. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Digital First Leadership, the podcast where you learn to leverage and build your expertise on digital platforms. For more valuable tips on mastering the language of social media, subscribe to our newsletter at blisspointconsult.com. If you'd like to stay in touch, feel free to add Richard on LinkedIn and join the conversation.